listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Hello, hello, Internet. It's Mike Downs from The Atomic Geeks welcoming you back to episode 67 of the Atomic Geeks podcast. I'm here in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. I'm here, unfortunately, drinking a Sleeman OG original draft because in my house, uh, 23 liters of beer or two kegs of homebrew doesn't last you a Canadian long weekend. Uh, let's see who else is on the podcast. Hey, 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 it's Michael DiGiovanni. I'm on Hydra Island tonight, and I'm farting out smoke monsters while I drink a 10W30. <laughs> oh, I guess that's why they have a, such a lower drinking age in Halifax while that beer's gone. Uh, <laughs> hello, Internet. It's your pal Christian in from the town of Oakville, and I'm in my basement repeatedly pushing a, a button over and over again. And while I'm doing this, I'm drinking a cold bottle of Carling Lager. Carling Lager. Since 1840, it's been a lager. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, everyone. It's Andrew Bloom. I'm calling in from London, and I'm sitting with my friend, the Smoke Monster, or apparently Mike's Farts, uh, drinking a Berthold Keller, and it's quite tasty. <laughs> sulfury. So, not drinking the Smoke Monster. <laughs> no, the Smoke Monster is sulfury. Trust me, I've been in the back of a car with Deej on a long trip, and let me tell you, when he lets that Smoke Monster go, run! <laughs> <laughs> I say very creative and clever intros uh, to you guys with the lost uh, analogies. That's for sure. True. Yeah, yours wasn't that good. Mine was. Just, <laughs> I was sitting with my friend, the Smoke Monster. If DJ wasn't talking about him farting out the Smoke Monster, yeah, then... but you picked that up after they already mentioned at least DJ hey, mentioned Hydro Island. Down here, yo. Yeah, I, if I started, I would have started with that. Or yeah, but the I Smoke Monster started out in Toronto. There's no way it could have made it all the way to London for crying out loud. It's not that fast. Pretty fast. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, okay, uh, let's see, before we get into the meat of tonight's topic, uh, does anybody have any... Geek news. Geek news. Well, I have a bit of geek news as to uh, coin a word used every now and then by some jerk on this podcast. I have a trifecta of events that culminates into one juicy piece of geek news. Uh, as of this recording, May 25th, 2010, uh... Today is three different wacky things going on. Uh, it is Geek Pride Day, it is Universal Day of the Jedi, and it is also Towel Day. So for Geek Pride, do they dance in the streets wearing towels? I think that the, <laughs> gi the gist of Geek Pride is basically, do not be ashamed to be a geek uh, and try to do as many geeky things as possible. All right, like, like okay. record a podcast. Yeah. Hey. Well, I, have a, I, I have a couple questions. First of all, you know, with the whole Jedi and the Geek Day on the same thing, do, uh, do not a lot of us have that in common? Couldn't we have scheduled those on a different day? I mean, I have a conflict here already. Maybe it makes it extra powerful. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That, that doesn't even get me started on what I, what I got to do with all my towels now. Yeah, explain to me, Christian, what is the towel day? Okay. That's towel, the... towel day is interesting because uh, what it requires is basically – a Towel Day is a celebration of the author Douglas Adams. And if you're familiar at all with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, oh, you'll know yes. that a towel plays an integral part 
of uh, the basically the kind of like the equipment or utility belt of a, a hitchhiking galaxy guy. So uh, you, people you must are asking. Yeah. So people, they're, they're basically saying, on this day to celebrate the works of Douglas Adams, carry a towel with you visibly in celebration of his work. That's pretty cool. That is uh, kind of cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, you know, I kind of agree with Downs, though. Let's go back to what the stuff that's probably being celebrated um, more North American-wide. Uh, you know, not to say our friends overseas aren't, you know, Gavin got geek pride and, you know, love them Jedis. But uh, that one, I, the towel day sounds like it originated in uh, the UK. But you're right. So what would this International Jedi Day, is this commemorating a release date of some sort? Was was the original Star Wars released on May 25th or something? Like, what, why? Yeah. Why are these days conflicting with one another? Like the geek pride in the Star Wars day? I hmm. don't know. <laughs> well, was, was it released in May in uh, 1977? I was trying to draw that out as long as I could because I was hoping someone would miraculously look on the intro web and confirm or deny said statement that I just made. Waiting? Talks, yeah. Uh, Waiting? Yeah. I don't think any of us have done that. Okay. I'm, I'm doing the recording. I'm not supposed to be on the It was the May, 20, May 25th. <laughs> it, w- it was? In 1977. Well, there you go. Okay, so then the people who are at fault are the geek pride people. Maybe they're trying to tie it together because that's the culmination of becoming a geek. Like, would you, if you went back in history and you had to pinpoint a date where you became a geek, wouldn't, or geeks sort of became relevant, is that not the release of Star Wars? Maybe well, for some people, maybe for other, it was, it was somebody who put a well, big I'm, S on the I'm, back of one of their mother's towels and yeah. rode around the house. True, for individuals, but I mean, science fiction plays a major role in, in geekdom, right? Yeah, but I mean, science, science fiction literature was around long before uh, Star Wars the film was. So, you know, I, I don't think that's very fair to say that um, they picked it. If they did, I think that's a fucking mistake. I don't think May twenty fifth, nineteen thirty four. Yeah. Well, well, it, well, you know, at least, at least at that point, if this was Isaac Asimov's fucking birthday, I'd feel a lot more better about that than I would saying it's 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 because that's also Star Wars Day. I think yeah. you know what I mean. And then we could walk uh, around killing robots. Well, I just mean that, like, Geek Pride, I think, and I think uh, as our obvious discussions about Star Trek and to Christian's point about Star Wars, I think we're being a little bit narrow-minded if if we think whoever made up Geek Day assumes Star Wars is the most important factor of geekdom. I, I don't think that's necessarily That's correct. actually a good point. I think the other, uh, the other problem I have with the actual <clears throat> – uh... Actually, if I can just interject here, Christian, Geek Day is on the 25th. Because it's celebrating the release of Star Wars in 1977. Oh, so when my friend Wikipedia, so it's basically one and the same. Oh, checkmate! I believe is the, yeah. what we call that, Mister. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. stupid. I think because yeah. <laughs> people are still calling it International Day of the Jedi. For first of all, if I'm a big fan of Star Wars, but not particularly the Jedi, I say I like the Wookies or the Jawas. I'm a bit offended. And why does it have to be international? Why can't it just be Star Wars Day? It's like, you know, I'm sorry, here in Germany, we celebrate Star International Day of the Jedi on December 23rd. You know, I mean, why can't everyone just celebrate the same day? I I think they're all sort of tied together because they're saying the science fiction holidays are Towel Day, like you said, for Douglas Adams, Star Wars Day, and for the fans of Terry Pratchett's Discworld was also uh, brought out on the 25th of May. So, so really, so, so so maybe this is just generally a science fiction geeky day with a whole bunch of different names. It sounds like to different people. 
Yeah, I think exactly. We should just call this motherfucking Geek Day. You know what? <laughs> I think we should jump on this friggin' geek, uh, friggin' train, and call it the Atomic Geeks Day. Atomic yes. Geek Day. Because this, everyone is seeming to jump on the bandwagon on May twenty fifth. So starting today, this is Atomic Geek Day. <laughs> you heard well. it here first. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. Good little bit of uh, geek news there, Christian. The trifecta, if you will. Yeah, yeah I've beaten that dead horse. Uh, okay, Used was there some... twice? This is the <laughs> third time. In fact, it's a trifecta of using it. Oh God! <laughs> Get to that. Make a shirt. Uh, um, okay, and so that was it for news, right? There wasn't anything else, was there? No, no. Uh, no. Right, I did Andrew, did you want to the... talk about that stupid cat thing? Hey, oh. it's not a stupid cat thing. It was very quite popular on the thing i you know personally i was i was quite surprised uh with all the response i appreciate that from everyone all the listeners and all the people who went on to atomicgeeks.com and put in a name for my giant headed cat um you know what so overwhelmed in fact that i'm having a hard time deciding on the names uh there are a couple top runners like mr meowsers and uh sheldon uh grand Moff moff kitten is a good one but so hard to say so that that one's definitely going to go out I'm suggesting maybe we put this to a poll to help me decide. Sorry. Is that a question? Or? Well, I'm, I'm questioning you. I'm asking you guys. All right. We'll let you do a Dijo's poll. He's the king of polls. We'll let you do a poll just this once. No, I think that's maybe a good idea, Bloom, and we can throw that up on the website and see what uh, narrow it down for you. But you did definitely get some uh, good names, and that cat does have a mutant head. I hope it's okay. <laughs> the poor thing falls over all the time every time it tries to clean himself. <laughs> every night, cries himself to sleep on his huge pillow. <laughs> yes, um, amazing response, uh, listener response. Even before the uh, the podcast discussing it was up, which was great too. People just going to the website. So people uh, love cats. <laughs> people love cats. cats isn't that especially. isn't that just like is that super bad or one of them where the the guy has puts up movies of the cats playing? <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to tonight's topic, and it is indeed as I hinted at last last week. It's our topic, our discussion. We're cutting it up. We're dissecting it. We're eating it all over again, baby. It's lost. So you need that. that you need that creepy whoosh sound right now. Whoosh. Yeah, yeah. That's Editor, throw that in there. It's o- it's only eight seconds, so I'm sure from copyright standpoint, we shouldn't have a problem. We should be okay. Um, yeah. So before we actually get into talking about uh, Lost, I wanted to uh, throw a little bit of a warning out there. You know, this is definitely going to be rife with spoilers. In fact, the first thing we're going to be talking about is the finale and the ending. So, uh, in case you live in a cave and have not been watching this uh, little program called Lost, you probably want to go do that and uh, you know maybe come back and listen to this podcast a little bit later. Maybe give this one a pass. Uh, you know, definitely don't want to, you know, get our li- listeners and push you guys away, but, you know, we're going to be giving away everything. So there's, uh, if you ever plan on watching Lost, that is, and you haven't watched it, don't do yourself a favor and don't listen to this podcast yet because there's way too many good things that you'll want to experience on your own. Yeah. Locke is Luke's father. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and the butler did it. And, yes. and the butler did it, of course. <laughs> and actually, and there's a, a polar bear on a tropical island. Oh, wait, that's actually true. Um, okay, so uh, as I said, you know, right off the bat, I want to get everyone's thoughts on, 
the finale. Before we do that, I, I just want to get mine out first. The beauty of hosting this is that I get to be first and say what I think real quick, and then you guys can uh, either back me up or uh, den- uh, disagree. But I think you're all going to agree. I got to say, uh, you know, I was pretty blown away by the finale. In fact, I think this could probably go down as one of the most uh, satisfying finale for fans of a show. I think they really delivered and, and sent everyone home happy. So, um, you know, you know what? I think, you know, sorry, Downs, to, to cut in there. I just wanted to pick up on that. You used the best word that I can I can describe this finale with, and it's satisfying. I walked away with that feeling like content and satisfied that I had just viewed a proper ending to a show. Uh, this doesn't happen very often, like a la Jerry Seinfeld and his sort of lackluster finale. And I uh, can't really think of any others at this point. But satisfying uh, is exactly how I felt about this as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to. Uh, I'm sure, uh, DJ, uh, let's go to you next. I'm sure you would. Uh, I'm sure you're feeling the same way. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, you downs. First of all, I just want to start with uh, I- didn't expect you to say that in a way, so it's actually nice to hear. Even last week when you were talking about the uh, lead-in and setup for the uh, Lost finale, I was surprised at your positivity. Generally, if anyone's been a long-time listener to this show, uh, we've gen- you and I have generally battled about Lost. So I was a little, I'm a little impressed that you know they they turned it around in the end for you. Uh, my thoughts quickly on the finale. Uh, very unexpected, but incredibly satisfying as well. I, you know, in terms of bringing things full circle and, you know, bringing a proper conclusion, I'm not going to use the word resolution just yet, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but I, a proper conclusion, I felt this thing totally delivered. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and you're totally right. I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons that to me that, uh, that really turned around for me in the end of this show was that um, at some point they got it together, you know, in the creation of the show. And, and, and I, I feel they definitely worked backwards from a very good ending. And, uh, and, and while, as, as you say, the things weren't necessarily resolved, but in terms of having, I think, in, in today's day and age with the Internet and things like podcasts, in terms of having people happy at the end of your show, which we've seen – None of that in, in some of these great endings of shows like Sopranos and Seinfeld and these other things. I thought these guys have done a fantastic fucking job. Christian, what, what did you think? Uh, I didn't get it, okay? I, I don't want to be the negative Nelly on the friggin' podcast, but I, I want to talk about this because I need some things explained to me because, honestly, I didn't get it. So were they ever on the island or were they just dying the entire time? Okay, okay, okay. So, so hold on. So, yeah, great point, Christian. Because I, you know, I too, um, it's funny. Uh, I actually didn't get to watch this podcast, or sorry, the uh, the finale till yesterday. So this would be the day after it aired. Um, we had a big bonfire that night, so we didn't watch it the night of. And so, uh, sorry. So, and and unfortunately, a little bit of feedback had got through to my wife, and so there was a little bit of an idea of, oh, it's different. You know, I wasn't sure when I first watched it, and then a day later, maybe I got it, and so I definitely. Um, after at the end, and my wife was like, "Do you get it?" Because she's all you know, spiritual and yoga and bullshit. And um, you know, I was definitely going like, "But so okay, what now?" You know, like so to your point, were they dead or have they? How long were they in purgatory or what is purgatory or, or whatever? So, so I definitely, uh, but so I just wanted to say that I thought that despite the uh, 
unknowing. I, I, what I liked about it was a lot of the reunion of a lot of the characters we hadn't seen. I thought that that was really um, a great thing to do, especially some characters who we maybe uh, were taken out of the show too early. So I thought that was one of the good things. I wanted to close out before moving on to you know, conf- confusion around the story. So back okay, to so you. So to my, to my understanding, basically everyone on the plane died and this basically was an exercise of them coming to terms with that and then getting it, their shit together at the end. Not at all, Christian. I'm sorry, yeah. Christian. That, to me, that's... No, I'm just asking. That's what no, I'm no, asking. No, no, no. I'm not, and I'm no. trying to explain. I'm saying... Before you get into it, Deidre, I'm going to give Christian some props, though, for stepping up and having the balls to say that he didn't get it. Because I bet you there's a lot of people out there who don't get it and just kind of go with the flow and go, yes, good. No. And I, and you know what? I'll be honest. The, uh, you know, like any finale and I'll, and and I'll preface with saying this, doing a series finale, it is a thankless fucking job because expectations, forget about being lost. Let's say Sopranos, let's say, you know, Seinfeld, New Heart and, you know, 24 a day later had its series finale. The, The expectations are so high that there's, generally always going to be some mixed uh, feelings about it, and it's never going to deliver. There was mixed reactions coming out of uh, the, the Lost finale, and a lot of it was saying what Christian is saying, where the people dismissed it saying, oh, come on, they've been dead all along. Uh, you, my point is, I thought it was very, and I'm not, uh, I'm not being rude, Christian, but I thought it was very obvious in that it was stated that everything that happened on the island happened here is the the explanation at least as i saw it the way that they did it started out the season was we got two uh points of narratives where you saw action on the island and you saw action on an apparent sideways universe the ruse was we were led to believe that we were seeing two tangents in the sense of if they detonated the bomb it either worked or it didn't so the didn't what was was what was happening on the island, and we were led to believe that oh, the bomb going off at the end of season five created this alternate universe where uh, the, it, it worked successfully and th- the flight never crashed. Well, the the twist at the end was that sideways universe was in essence, as, was, as someone's already, I think Bloom already said, was a purgatory sort of or uh, an in between. Where the uh, which was capturing all of the survivors when they had passed. Everything that was happening on the island this season and all of the previous seasons had happened. That's that's uh, Christian Shepherd even had said that to Jack. What ultimately what had happened is the characters on the show when they had crashed on the island. Uh, you know they were all lost souls. You could say before lost in their lives. Need, uh, basically recognized that, you know, coming to the island was the best thing that could have happened to them. They all, you know, it formed bonds. It formed, it, inc- it improved some relationships like Sun and Jin. You know, it, uh, it some of them. Their own lives as well. It, yeah. So it's, so in essence, what the, what the sideways universe was, was, uh, it's a sort of, a, you know, it's sort of religious mumbo jumbo in the sense that before they could pass on to the afterlife, uh, sort of like that. I think there's some books that are uh, that have been published, like uh, uh, you know, the five people you have to meet before you die, or you know, uh, there's a book called I don't know if it's called something with Morley or something. Dinner with Morley. Dinner with Morley, which basically explains that 
you know, before you pass on into the afterlife, there's these certain people you have to meet. So the way they had set it up was uh, all of these characters had formed such a bond that, uh, you know, that when they died, they needed to meet up again before they could prop and be reconnected before so, they could properly pass on. So the only time people were dead was in that sideways flash. Everything on the island happened. Now, if I can just cut into your, your monologue, I'm going back to what you said at the beginning. I, I have the same view, and this is kind of the way I see Lost, is you can interpret it, certain things to your own, uh, the way you see it. Like it's, it's all, it's relative, right? To how you interpret it. But I will, I won't necessarily agree that it was very easy or very obvious because you have to think a little bit about it. Now there's one thing that I'll point out that might be, uh, something that, that, that made it clear or clearer to people is that Christian Shepherd, who, you know, no, no pun intended with his name because he's, he is, he does shepherd everyone together and off to heaven. Um, but Christian, Jack asks his father, now, was that real? Did that happen? He said, yes, everything happened. So they did specifically say it, but I can see how it's still not. It still has a little bit of confusion in it. Well, see, I totally well, agree well, with, okay, I totally okay. agree well, with so, what Dijo's saying, though. So, so you know, what uh, I, a few things I thought that uh, so I I totally got that everything that was real on the island happened, and there's a couple things that that made that true was that you know uh, Jin and Son remembered their death. You know, and so the confusing thing when the, when the story first started coming out was like, wait a second, how are these people? And that's what to me I started to go. Well, how how are they? Remembering yeah. a death, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. and then the other thing was too, is when Hurley, the thing that, that left me a little bit confused was though, is Hurley and Ben talking outside and Ben going, I'm not ready. It's like, okay, that, I, I get that. Ben's not ready, you know what I mean? Cause he can't ascend yet. Uh, I'm not using the word heaven. I think it's more ascension or whatever, but, um, right. you know, and, but, but Hurley going, you were a great number two and Ben going, you were a great number one. That meant, that, yeah, Jack had died and had handed off the island to Hurley. The thing that was weird was that, okay, so Jack is only ascending years after Hurley now has passed on. Do you know what I mean? So but, that's the thing that well, was a little confusing to me. Remember, Chris, there's the tricky part. They're in lays, sorry, DJ, they're in lays the tricky part. And, and this gets into to physics and time travel and everything that they had sort of touched on, that in this place, there is no past there is no future there's only there's only present like the timelines don't exist if that makes any sense so you know the the, the odd thing is they do say we've been waiting for you but all of this could could be happening 350 years into the future um but that doesn't that doesn't impact that point yeah because christian had said that to him where he said uh you know is everybody dead and uh, you know he goes is everyone in the church dead and he's like some died before you and some died long after you, but there yeah. is no, there is just kind of now here. They're in a, this sideways universe is, you know, some sort of, you know, it is a purgatory mumbo jumbo. Like, let's be honest. So to your point, time doesn't exist, but that was a dead giveaway downs. What you're saying, we are led to uh, what we can understand was that Hurley and Ben were had a period of time that they were the protectors of the island. When they passed is left open to our interpretation. When Kate and Sawyer passed is left open to your interpretation. We saw a number of deaths. We saw the most important one, which was Jack's 
uh, sacrifice at the end of the show. The, you know, so that what happened on the island. That wasn't when they crashed on Flight 815. You saw him die after he reignited the light of the island. So to me, and I, I don't mean to be like so blunt in saying the word obvious. It's not that they had negated the previous six seasons and everyone just died on impact of the Flight 815. It was, you know, we were watching basically ultimately Jack's tale. Jack, and you, Jack's story. Yeah, Jack's yeah. story. And then you had seen deaths happen before that. We'd seen Charlie's, to Mike's point, we saw Son and Jin's, we saw John Locke's, but then there's others that you're left to, well, when, how, did Kate and Sawyer's plane with Lapidus, did they make it home? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. How, what happened with, like, Hurley and Ben? Those are the points that they left open for fans to create fan fiction, because that's left open to interpretation, but, uh, you know, but you know what's also left open to interpretation? I mean, I'm glad at the end they've got a nice little fuzzy ghost whisperer fucking ending, for Christ's sakes. But it still doesn't explain a hell of a lot why that island is so fucking crazy. But it, but okay, so but explain okay. that. What do you what, what do you mean by that? I, I'm talking about the big statue with the feet. I'm talking about the freaking little freaking uh, cork in the bottom of the thing. You know what I mean? I'm what? talking about why did that one man in black go down there and turn into a smoke monster, and someone else with the power go down in there and not turn into a smoke monster? I can I can try to explain that as well. The 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 statue. I think people are reading way too much into it. All that statue indicated is that the island had been there. For years yeah, upon it's a years, it's a history thing. It was history. It had been back there since like the Egyptian times. Like it's the island is ancient. As far as you know, as we're skipping around here now and talking about the mythology of the island and why did the guy become the man in black? The Jacob and his brother, uh, you know, whoever has control is the protector of the island. The mother, the mother was the the protector of the island before Jacob was, and then this was passed to Jack, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That person creates the rules of the island. She made it very clear to her two boys that she said in that episode, you two will, I've made it that you two can never kill each other. So what happened was, and she then told Jacob later in that episode, do not ever go down into the light. Well, he kind of disobeyed his mom after she was killed by kind of, uh, you know, him and his brother fought and he sent his brother down. Well, because he could not kill his brother the, by pe- sending him down in the light basically stripped him of his soul or whatever you want to say and created the smoke monster but wouldn't the- that have changed once the mother died like the mother died passed on her power so now jacob has the rules yeah but okay but then he clearly killed him or at least ser- ser- seriously hurt him before no but him you down. see understandably the 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 power did that to him the rules were that his brother could not kill him. He had already been transformed into that smoke monster after that fact. Mm-hmm. Jacob then applied rules because of the games that him and his brother had felt and the misleading information that his mother gave them. Because let's be, she was a bit fucking crazy. crazy. She, she basically, he then created these rules that, you know, uh, if my brother wants to leave the island, the only way he'll be able to do that is if he kills me and my potential candidates. And then, uh, so if that's what basically became the rules of the island, when the reason why John Locke, as the smoke monster, lost the ability to become the smoke at the end was because the light was put out entirely, which powered the smoke. Right. And 
I mean, it, 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 to that touch on another, another object, too, it's like Jacob obviously had the power to leave the island, but the brother didn't. Because that was because Jacob had felt guilty that, oh, my God, I disobeyed my mom. I've created this. The rule was you can never leave the island. So that's what, so his brother and he kept it as a game of chance because you remember how they would always play chess and shit like that. And he would say, you know, maybe one day when you, you get to make a game, you can make the rules. So J- Jacob had done that with his brother and said, you, if right. you want to leave, the only way you can do that is by killing me and or killing all of my potential candidates. So the whole show was about the man in black trying to find the loophole to do that. Well, well, I mean, geez, it just sounds like we've had a whole lot of DJ talking, explaining loss. I know. But, I'll shut up now. Uh, no, I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, because, you know, I think that to your point, Christian, I mean, you know, and I don't mean to be the guy who's flip-flopped, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I think, you know, I, I was going to drop the show a long time ago. I, I stuck with it, and I think in the end, you know, whether I understood it or not, a lot of it, you know, was kind of nice. You know, it was nice. Like, like I, I actually didn't. Um, I hated what they did to Locke by making uh, the Man in Black Locke. I actually like the Man in Black. I like that actor uh, quite a bit. I think I said this maybe last week when I was talking about Lost. Um, and I uh, and I, I didn't like that, how Locke became the bad guy. And so it was so nice. And I think you know it was so nice to see Locke as really Locke again. You know, he's one of my. We'll get into talking about characters. I guess maybe this will be a national transition. But um, you know, he was one of my favorite characters who. You know, against Jack wasn't necessarily a bad guy when the, you know, it was more, one of the things I liked about the uh, struggle between Jack and Locke in the, in the beginning wasn't necessarily that he, it wasn't like it was Locke versus Sawyer, where Sawyer was definitely like a bad guy. You know what I mean? Whereas Locke was just a different type of leadership. And so I, I really appreciate those two characters. And so one of the things I didn't like about the show was how they made him into the ultimate bad guy in the end. And, well, you know, and I, I, it, it delivered, you know, for the fight scene, but. Go ahead, Andrew. I think. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think, although I, I agreed for for a while, I didn't like the fact that Locke was the bad guy. But I think he, he made the perfect foil for Jack, and because they butt heads with science and faith and things like that, he made they made the ultimate, um, you know, enemies or at least uh, you know the the ba- the black and the white of the island. I think I think it actually you know maybe because of the ending or maybe. Um, because of their fight scene or the last few episodes, it really paid off having Locke as the bad guy. And I think well, that I, was... It, it, it had to be. It had to be. Yeah, and I think down to your point, it was like Locke is a fucking great character. But once they, you know, they'd always had that conflict, as you'd mentioned, once the, the conflict kind of raised to a higher level that, you know, Locke was now the pawn of the man in black, it was obvious that the the, the next Jacob had to be Jack to kind of parallel what had been happening the whole throughout the whole series. But I was yeah. kind of hoping that that wasn't going to be so obvious because I saw that too. And I'm watching it. Are you telling me that they're going to, I think, I mean, I know that they had to do it, I guess, but I mean, that seemed like an almost a blatantly obvious choice. I was almost kind of hoping that somehow that maybe it was Sawyer was going to step up and take that. Well, role sometimes, sometimes I think that right, works right. better, right? Like, uh, didn't they even mention that? Oh, well, that's pretty oh, but obvious. works better though. I mean, all of a sudden, out of this entire fucking season, this show twists and turns a whole bunch of shit I don't fucking understand. Then they go with the obvious at the end for crying that's out good. loud. I think so, I think that's good. Okay, so so let, let, let's let's just take it back. So we've talked about the finale. So you know, uh, you know, win, lose, or draw. I think uh, generally. 
you know, I, I think what we want to say on the finale was, you know, this was a huge happening. It was only actually 13 million. It wasn't as big as I thought it was. I well, think, but it was definitely... Before we jump up, I mean, like, I, there's a lot more to talk about the finale. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, step on you there, but I still think Christian hasn't totally given us his thoughts. He just said he didn't get it. Was there, like, like, I think there's a bit more we could talk about the finale. No, I mean, oh. as far as to encapsulate my point on this finale, I think it was a nice little pretty ending. I, I'm going to admit I didn't totally understand what the hell was going on with these divergent timelines. And if you ask me, I think it's a kind of a gimmick they threw in there at the last season just to, you know, tie it all up. I mean, that, of course, I don't, read, out, if you will. I don't read into the show as much as you guys do. I watch on a very casual basis. I watch. I mean, the, the main problem with this show for me is, I mean, due to, like, delays and writer strikes and spans between seasons, I can't remember half the fucking shit they put on this friggin' show. You know what I mean? But I've stuck it out watching the show only because I went so far. And granted, there were episodes that were interesting. You know, there there was storylines that I was generally like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. And then, and then it just gets to certain points where I don't even know what the hell is going on anymore. Like, I'll mm-hmm. talk to my wife on the couch and say, what, was this something that happened before? And she'll just look at me and she goes, I don't know. And I, I, I'm sorry, but I feel the same way, you know? So, but I mean, no, and, nice, and nice, pretty little ending in a church. They all walk into the light. Do what I do today. They get off the island, whatever. Three hour tour is over. Fantastic. It was very nice and pretty. It was nice seeing like, you know, Sawyer and what's her face kind of connect again and shit like that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I don't know. It just didn't freaking ring true for me. And then that's just my own personal opinion. And, and, and that, that's what I was trying to get to. I think that, I think we're all kind of agreeing. Um, and what, what I wanted to move on to is some of the deeper thoughts about the, the quality of the show and, and the things you were talking about, Christian, is that I, I agree. I think it was a very satisfying ending. It's your words, pretty pictures. I mean, I, I, it was nice to see those characters get back together and it was nice to see this thing in terms of ascension onto this other life, which I think they totally took from fans thinking what the show was in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, I think they wrote that in to your point of, uh, you know, of this divergent timelines and stuff. I think they were like, when the show first came out, people said, I, we think they're on purgatory. It's not really a, a real island. That, that's when they got their shit together and said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to write a whole different timeline. This is how we're going to end it. They asked, it is purgatory. You know what I mean? I'm so, sorry. Can, can I ask one question, though? I, and Dijo probably knows the answer to this question because in, in this will show I was actually paying attention when I was watching this show. Did Faraday and that redheaded broad not flash with each other because they weren't on the island, on the plane or whatever? No, I think that that was left a little ambiguous in that sense. But I think at that point they weren't ready or maybe Charlotte wasn't ready because Jack, you noticed a couple times, resisted it. There, there were times yeah. where he saw with John and he kind of pulled back. But well, I, yeah, that, that uh, well, well, I, well I, you, know, you know, you know what that was. So, I mean, the wife and I definitely, you know, it was. It seemed most of the people. It was about strong emotional connection. Most yes, of the time, it was, it was love. It, it was it was uh, uh, sexual human relationships. The only one that wasn't was Kate and childbirth with Claire. And then the reason why Jack had so many, they explain, was because they they show all the photos when Jack finally gets in the room is because Jack. The, the protector that he is had strong emotional connections to everybody and, and he was fighting it as well. You know what I mean? So the reason why Faraday, I think, and that, uh, what's her name? Warren, Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte weren't necessarily perfect life partners like everyone else was. Like this was like, you know, uh, Sawyer and Kate didn't do it when they met. And they had a little bit of it because, because there was a little bit of a connection there. But, you know, Sawyer and What's-Her-Name had it because they lived together for 15 years or whatever. You know what I mean? And that was love. That was, you know, and, and it was it was all about, you know, 
real human emotion. I, I agree. I think also, like, I mean, maybe I missed it, but I don't think they were in that final room at the end, were they? No, but like, it, it was, was the core group of people. Like, you're not going to see Mr. Echo in there. You know, well, for, apparently the reason Mr. Echo wasn't there because he asked for like five times the asking price for him to appear. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he was actually supposed he. They, I don't know if he was going to be in the church, but yeah, they had asked him to have him in the finale because they had people like Michelle Rodriguez show up for like a cameo so, in the penultimate so, I mean, let's episode. Talk, I mean, Michelle Rodriguez got kicked off the show for drunk driving, so I mean they were burying the hatchet with everybody. So I don't know what Mr. Fuck Mr. Echo was thinking because. You know, it, you're just now you look like more of an idiot for not being on the fucking thing. And I didn't see that freaking science teacher either in that scene. I, of course, maybe I didn't look close enough. But you know, the guy who's like, Frogert? I got the dynamite. Well, Frogert and them, they, they, a lot of those guys mm-hmm. showed up. They showed up in earlier episodes in that sideways world. Like, they brought back a lot of the supporting characters in that. Like, you saw Libby and you saw, you know, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, but Echo was the one other sort of key character that didn't show up, but clearly we found out now it was contract. He wanted lots of fucking money. What about the kid? Was he there? Was Walt? Oh, or, oh. or, or Michael. Yeah, but him. Michael was trapped on the island. That's why. They mentioned that he earlier. In the, he wasn't able to leave. Did they? Yeah, earlier in the season. Remember, he, uh, Hurley saw him on the island and he said because, uh, Michael was basically, you know how you, they used to have all those whispers and voices? It was people whose souls were kind of trapped on the island because they had done something wrong and not basically reconciled it. So Michael had been trapped there because he showed up and spoke to Hurley a few episodes yeah. before. Yeah, but then who's Jesus. trapping him? Who's trapping these fucking people on the island? Well, who made, so, who def- anyway, blah, blah, blah. So, 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 you know, I, I mean, I, I think, so, I mean, to move on, like, let's, th- let's talk about a little bit of the legacy maybe. And, you know, uh, you know, I think that part of the concern is that, you know, and Christian's touched on it and, and, and Mike, you're a perfect example of it, is that, I mean, I, it's like I have to take notes to keep track of everything that's gone on in the show. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that, you know, this show came out with a huge bang and I know people like my father-in-law, you know what I mean? And Renee's friends or other people who watched this show who were hooked in the beginning and this show lost, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, two and three seasons in and I think they lost like, literally millions of watchers and like people bitch about this show. I was one of the first guys to do it, but I stuck with it. I, and like I said, but it feels like I, I had to do homework to keep the show, you know, to keep up with the show. Well, it was definitely, uh, we haven't seen in a while is basically uh, a water cooler drama. You know what I mean? Uh, like an, an, an hour episodic, you know, t- uh, episodic or television show that people talk about the next day. Unlike, you know, what it used to be like sitcoms and things like that, you know? Well, I yeah, mean, well, it's... we're all holding out for no ordinary family <laughs> waiting for that one. No, I think you're I think you're right. Like Downs, this obviously and if you're talking about the whole series, it's epic is is almost too small of a word to talk about this. This is sort of and I feel something that hadn't really been done before and maybe something that we're not going to see for a little a uh, little while. But it did suffer a little bit in in some of the mid season uh, mid seasons. Like I, I know my faith so to speak, in the show, wavered, and and I kind of hummed and hawed about it and complained a little bit. You know, still same sort of thing, stuck in there, but season six came around. I didn't watch it on television. I was all of a sudden like, oh, shit, lost. I had to download and catch up and, and do everything I could, but I, man, am I ever thankful that I did. Well, you know, I, I, I downs, I, uh, I'm going to pick up that point that you mentioned about how it, when it launched, it was pretty huge in its you know its first few episodes because the premise in essence was 
simple at that point where, you know, a group of survivors crash land on a plane, uh, on a, on an island and, uh, you know, they're on some sort of crazy island. What the fuck is up? You know, the problem is they, uh, the way that or not problem. I mean, also it's the beauty and or the problem to the show is they chose to do it in such a way where it was a mythology rich program. Uh, and you know, and it was very episodic in the sense that they were telling a long form story and that in essence, you're going, you're, uh, if you look at pretty much any show in the history of TV mediums that follow that sort of storytelling, the audience erodes, you know, that, I mean, it happens when you, when you do things like that. Another great example of what JJ Abrams did, great show. If anyone ever saw it for a little bit was alias really good stuff, but it started to buckle under the mythology of the, uh, of its own self. I heard that about X files and whatnot. I'm, you know, I'm a huge lost fan, but I'll agree, man, the show at times is difficult and frustrating. And that to me was somewhat of its charms because I enjoyed talking it out. But did they resolve everything? No. Like there is stuff I could make a list of a few things where I would say they didn't really make, they didn't really ever touch back on X. I mean, I think Walt, the storyline there, that was a bit of a cop out. I think they gave up on that because the kid fucking started growing up, you know, and they had to get him off the fucking island because the actor was getting too old, you know. So there was shit like that. But, you know, as far as its legacy goes, I'm going to say what Andrew says. I think it was unlike anything else on television, and I'm not sure there will be something quite like it ever again. Well, I think the appeal of that, though, this show in particular, because it it was kind of a weird cross-genre kind of thing, because it was somewhat science fiction, but not really. It was a little bit of fantasy, but not really. But there was definitely a human drama element, too, that the the common person could, like, get in touch with, so to speak. It was a lot of weird, different things. It's kind of like there's no real way to kind of classify the show, so to speak. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I think that's totally true, Christian. And the other thing I think that made it so unique and or special was the, the the storytelling and the narrative devices that they utilized, which was really unique in the sense that the the use of flashbacks was something that really had never been done before in that style. And then, you know, and all of a sudden they surprise you with the flash forwards and then the use of the way that they use time travel differently. And then obviously in the last season, this apparent sideways universe. So just those storytelling tricks were something that were so unlike anything that had been on a television series before that I think you have to, you know, earns its place sort of in television history. But but to its detriment, very, very confusing to lunkheads like me. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, if you try to define the show to someone, and this is, I was talking to a naysayer, someone who had dropped Lost and I was saying, I'm really enjoying season six and, you know, you should really get back into it and pick it up. And he's like, oh, oh, really? I said, yeah, they seem to be giving answers. And maybe that's the wrong choice of words because he said, okay, well, what's the island? It's an island. You know, like it's really hard to come up with some of the concrete answers that would satisfy people who aren't fans of the show where you can take certain things on faith and you can say, okay, there's this crazy ass island that disappears and moves around, has all these powers but I think some people are looking for an answer, like Christian, to what is this island? What does it represent? And but, it's but not, not as straightforward. But not even an answer. Like even just a, a little hint of the mythology, like whatever, like the freaking mother 
was, I don't know, some kind of goddess or something from some kind of shit. Like, spin me a little bit of a story. You know what I mean? I mean, not I, I don't need to be spoon-fed the entire fucking storyline, but, you know, a little bit more backstory to flesh it out. Just a touch would kind of help. Or at least kind of make me a bit, no, I'm not more interested, but be a bit more understanding of the plot. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know, as, as much as I, I, I hear what you're saying, I, I gotta say the little bits they gave us this season were the, were the things that really rang true. Like, um, you know how the mother has the uh, has Jacob as a boy drink the water, and then um, you know, you know Jacob what? does that with Jack, and then Jack does that with Hurley, and 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 you know even when like the fact that Ben's watching that, I was actually going like. I thought they were doing a great job of like telling us that these stories continuing yeah. um, again, m- much un- uh, m- much better a job than Sopranos did. Just having a bunch of people sitting around in the yeah, diner. A bit, a bit little too, not little too late, but it's just like, okay, now we're getting this shit. Like that was like, what the, th- sure. the third last episode. I mean, no offense. I mean, a little bit earlier would have been a bit better for me, and that's just me sure. being bitchy. I'm not, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly just to be a negative Nelly. You know, it's just some of these things just kind of stick in my head. I'm thinking to myself, do I not understand this? And I not like this because I don't understand it. But I think it's just I don't know. It just I, there's something that doesn't ring true for me, and I just can't help but knock it out of my head. And Christian, you know, you don't need to defend your opinion because you and a lot of people share those. I mean, you're not the first person to say lost don't make a lot of sense and they're frustrated by it. You know, I, I, the way that they chose to tell this story, I think, polarized people a little bit. The way that they did it was they left things. Uh, they didn't give you definitive answers for a lot of things. They kind of went about it in in life. You don't get a how-to manual. Just because you get somewhere or do something, it doesn't say, here's the history of everything that you're going to look at right now. So they kind of approach the storytelling, or at least I think, in that sort of respect. Did they tell us what the island was definitively? No. What we got out of that from these couple of these episodes in the last few seasons, or definitely in the last few episodes of season six, was the island rested on a power that's what it was, and that power, this light, uh, you know, could never go out, or it would, rep- you know, it looked like that it, it was kind of almost the gate to hell, or like a piercing, that, that plug was almost the gate to hell. Are you going to get more to, than that? No. Did you want more than that? I think it's, you know, it's up to certain people that they may would have been like, hey, I want to know, what is it? What is down there? Is this hell? What? Yeah, they chose not to give you more detail than that. You know, the mother was not the first protector of the island. We don't know who the first protector of the island. To Downs's point, there was a lineage. That's how they chose to explain it. They didn't give us the hard facts of, you know, the first person to ever come to the island was so-and-so. Some people need those answers or crave those answers and or deserve those answers, but that's just not how they chose to tell this story. Well, that's kind of unfortunate because no, that's one piece of point in the story that also bugged the shit out of me too. Was that woman, uh, the whatever friggin' what's her head woman, you know, pregnant woman, crashes in the line, gives birth to two kids, oh, uh, everything's gonna be alright, and cracks her neck. I'm not going, you know, a little bit of reason for that would have been good too. Well, as I looked at that is this woman looked as a chance to say, I can use both these kids to basically as pawns to basically relinquish my duties as. The island protector. That's how I think she saw it. She well, could manipulate these two kids. Then, and the question I wonder is, why couldn't she make both of them protectors? Two is better I, than one. 
I don't think that's the way it works. Jack did. Uh, how, how do you know it doesn't work? What, who tells you that doesn't well, work? No, but what? Christian, I mean, I, 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 wish I, I hear what you're saying, and I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't mean to be the guy who's arguing with you in terms of protecting the show, but at the same fucking time, you know, like we, we only know so much about even the mythology of, of stuff that we follow. Yeah, that's the so problem. I, well, no, but no, but no, with every with everything, you don't know every fucking answer. So, like, I'm not know, asking for every fucking answer. I'm just saying th- there's not even a reason, like a little fucking book or somebody or says or she tells you know, a fucking story why there can only be one. But I, I don't think only I'll say that either. Sometimes it's just good storytelling. We're no, watching but, a show. You need good storytelling. What what gives you a good story? A good guy no, and a good, bad guy. Good storytelling would tell me that you know why the fuck can there only be one? At least a little bit of why is there, that. Why, is there why is there only two Siths in the in Star Wars? Like but you I, don't but, necessarily find that out. But I think the mother said there can only be one. I think she actually said that to Jacob. She there can only be yeah. one protector. Okay. She I think she so, no plan on. That woman having twins, they were kind of shocked. Going, oh shit, we got two. Okay, well, I got my choice. Well, and it's not even so much that as it, it, here's a woman who's she. The reason why she kills this woman too is because she's protecting this thing over above all else. That's why when I was, it was I was talking about like last week about how um, you know I thought even maybe like the black mist guy might be the good guy because you know the the lakes that the the lengths that people went through like uh, Richard Halpert and all these guys to protect the island were quite extreme. You know, so in in terms of you know what what her motivation was is she protects that fucking light at all costs, just like Richard Halpert and his crew did. You know what I mean? So, they yeah, who, they took they they kill anyone who comes on the island. But so if if we can move on a little bit because we were touching on a little bit um, about kind of the, the legacy of Lost. So and and what I, what I was wondering was when we were talking about this was like. And 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 I, someone was saying uh, you know how do you describe this? And I was like you know do you think Fantasy Island you know. How do you describe fantasy island to someone in terms of, do you put that under science fiction? So what do you think, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, a category, how, how do you categorize this, you know, when it's in a DVD shelf? But, you know, what, what do you, how do you think you explain to someone who's never seen Lost? What do you think the show's about? Um, let's start with you, Andrew, and we'll just go around the table. Well, that's probably one of the hardest questions that you can answer. Obviously, the way I see it is it's a character study. Um, it's a, a an action drama television show but it, to characterize this as anything obviously it's geek lore it's science fiction but it fits so many different categories i think this is where the there's the crux of that it depends on how people view it and how and your own interpretation of it not to not to wish wash on the answer there but it's tough but so you're you're it's obviously you think science fiction geek them like fantasy would you say type thing yeah, like so, if you if you went to a comic book convention, they're going to have characters from Lost there. Okay, and I, I want to get into the universe of Lost actually in a, in a minute, but um, when I didn't actually have that on my show notes to you guys, but um, okay, Christian, before we get to DJ, who'll probably have a pretty precise answer, how how do you how would you describe this? Or you, would you say anything? I would call it a fantasy drama. I would call it a fantasy drama. A drama. Fantasy drama. I don't know what the hell the word you would call it for crying out loud. There's a lot of mythological shit going on that we don't understand, and there's drama. <laughs> Christian's so, getting like, so bitter. No, I, I tell you, I tell you right now. I'm honestly, the more we talk about the show, the more I realize I'm how angry I am about it. I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I just take a deep breath. But listen, I'm trying to draw a comparison. Like, say, Fantasy Island. 
Is that the same thing? Is that a fantasy God, drama? No. Is that right? Fantasy Island was is a freaking it was a freaking showboat for showing the freaking stars of the time. It was it was comedy, it was drama, it was a whole bunch of freaking shit. It was basically a variety hour of sketches, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, but this is this is this is essentially at its core. This show is a drama. Is it science fiction? You know, what do you call? It? Is it fantasy? Maybe it's a bit more sci-fi than fantasy, but it's not sci-fi enough to you know, like with no silver suits or anything like that. Uh, I mean, aliens, that would have been a good thing to throw in there. That would have made a lot more sense. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, so, maybe sci-fi drama. You really, drama. I don't know. Do you need to classify this show? Like, well, no, but I, I think if you're talking to someone who's not, never watched this stuff, they're going to take, they're going to ask you, how would you describe it? I think you're going to say, well, it's kind of a sci-fi drama or whatever. That's, that's the question I'm asking. Right, I would DJ. almost say – I'm just trying to think of, you know, as you, you guys are talking about this, the aisle, if you had to categorize it in a DVD Blu-ray section, where would it be? Uh, I agree, totally agree with Christian. I don't think it's sci-fi enough to sit, to sit beside Babylon 5 and Voyager. You know, I don't think it, does, it can be there, though it has those elements. I would have to say, you know, maybe they'd throw it in action-adventure. I, I – I don't, though it pulls a little bit of pieces from the fantasy and sci-fi world, not quite unlike, you know, Buffy does and all that. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, well, you would, but you wouldn't put Buffy under horror, you know, it's like, so I, I don't. They know. also don't classify TV shows. Uh, they just put them as television shows. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes. Well, oh, then this question. You're going to be a fucking jerk the, about it. The question is moved. I'm not being, yeah. I'm not being uh, a why jerk. Don't you, why don't you just say, uh, I think it should be under the L's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Jesus. That's how much fucking help you were. Okay. Okay. What, what, what about this? What do you think? Okay. Here, here's a question about loss. What do you think the creators, what do you think the TV show Lost is about? Mike DiGiovanni. Uh, so the mission statement, if we were to sum up, like, uh, think of how they'd explain Three's company in, you know, in a sentence, which is very, po- very, very easy to do. How would you explain Lost? Lost to me is about a group of people stranded on an island, uh, and the, you know, the adventure that they go through trying to get, uh, trying to get off the island and discovering its, uh, mysteries. Uh, along the way, so it's exactly like Gilligan's Island. Actually, I know what to say. <laughs> I think it's okay. a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of, of lovable losers trying to figure out their shit on some fucked up island. That's also correct. I guess that's, you know, that's actually what they wrote. I believe that. Yeah, I think that's on the uh, on DVD season one. I'm in fact. <laughs> I think that's how they got the show. Actually, but I mean, and, and as Andrew said it before and i think it's very true this ultimately is a character study and i think that's why the series finale worked so well because it it brought uh you know conclusion and parallels all the way back to these core group of characters so it's about characters but you can't just say that if you were trying to sell the show to somebody it's about a group of but that was one of the best things about that show, I tell you. When they had those episodes that, in, in the beginning that flash back to their past, those oh, yeah. were the fucking, those That's were the, the best fucking stories about the show. And That's... then eventually, again, getting on me again, it goes to fucking Crazy Town. Well, there's, really? you can so... accept, you can accept Crazy Town, but like, like we're all saying, that was the, goodness of Lost, these but, characters, and I think yeah. that's the I know, whole point. And I'm, well, I know, yeah, yeah, but you know what though, I, I totally disagree. 
those TV, those episodes, I hated. Just oh. like today, today when I watch a science fiction show like Stargate Atlantis, and all of a sudden, it, while they're being chased by aliens, and they'll have a sudden show where they get trapped in a fucking uh, elevator shaft for the whole fucking episode. I hate those fucking episodes because know, so I, it doesn't it doesn't advance the story. And I, my biggest problem with Lost I, back I, in I the day. When, when, I, when, I, when I was complaining about what I didn't like about Lost was the fact that we were never finding out about who the others were, what this island was. And that's what I, what I ultimately have liked I, about this the last uh, season, the last couple seasons, is that they've finally been forthcoming a lot more than they were the first couple seasons when it was like one day, like uh, episode of 24, you know what I mean? And it's like we're five minutes of episode of Lost. Well, yeah, but I, I, I disagree with you a little bit because I think – that the characters that you're being introduced to, your core characters like your Hurleys and Charlies and Jacks and John, it that's all part of the story. And, and it might not move you forward in the timeline that when you're specifically on the island, but it has just as much impact to what they're going to do on the island as to what they're physically doing, like lighting a fire or looking for the others, I think. And, and maybe it's just because I was a huge fan of it. I like, I like backstories. I love how they did the flashbacks in this. And that to me was the, one of the biggest appeals and added so much to the show. But that was, if they back didn't then, have those, what, this would not be this fantastic of a show. Back then, that's when that show was firing all cylinders. When the, they tell those backstories and then slowly the backstory started blending with other characters on the show and the linking with other kind of crazy shit on the island. And I was like, whoa, this is getting good. And then you start, that's when you start kind of trying to dividing these links between everybody. And then all of a sudden it didn't make sense. No, but the, to me, I, I agree with you. I think uh, the, the flashback mechanism was awesome. And, uh, you know, everyone has their opinion on, you know, to Downs' point, it didn't forward the island story so much. But I agree with you on that, Christian. But when you're saying, I want to get to this quote-unquote, air quote, crazy town shit, you're telling me you didn't like the Flash forwards then? That got crazy when we started establishing that a few, the Oceanic Six left the island, and what did they do while they were off the island? That got no, too bad. I know, I, no, actually, no, I like that too. It's just... Uh, what am I trying? There, there's just certain parts of just kind of like, I, I, I don't time know. travel confused him. I don't know. The flash forwards were cool too. I timeline admit. timelines definitely got intertwined, if you can say. You know, like when they were doing flash forwards and they're skipping through time and doing all this stuff. For sure, get you have to stop and think about it. And one of the things that watching the pre-show that the creators were talking about is that they weren't dumbing this down for the audience like most television shows, which you can appreciate but also suffer from sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it's great to have a show that uh, gives some credit to the audience like Lost It. Actually, that's a bit insulting to say you're not dumbing something down to the audience because then the people who don't get it are like, what, so I'm fucking dumb? I mean, because yes. oftentimes, you know, if you write something, fuck you. If you write something in your head, you see how it gonna, is going to play out. Just And just because you have to explain how the story in your head is going to work out, doesn't mean that's dumbing something down. That's just fucking well, storytelling. I'm, I'm quoting so, them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if they said that, they're, they're ignorant fucking cocksuckers because uh, the, part of your job when you tell a story is telling the fucking story. And millions of people got lost in the story. So, But also, that, but also like, I don't think that you, coming could, if, you can't argue that generally television is dumbed down. I mean, commercials are made for people with an IQ of 75. 
And I'm not right, making that up. Yeah, but we're not talking about television commercials here. HBO television shows are not made for fucking people with uh, IQs or whatever. They are intelligent fucking dramas, and they don't get you don't have people lo- dropping out of their show two seasons in because they can't follow the story. If we're talking about following the story and we're talking about problems with this television show, one of them was that they had uh, specific convergent timelines or whatever, but they weren't. You know, the, the show was to to give it its credit, it was groundbreaking. But some of the things that about the groundbreakingness of it made it a little too hard for the average person to follow it a, a lot more than the average person i think that's fair downs and i agree yeah. the, the the audience eroded because to christian's point you had this you had to be fucking involved in this show to get it like and, and that's, you needed to really watch the episode yeah you really right. did like we I, I was a type of fan that i would buy the dvd of the season uh, previous before the next season would start. You know, uh, if you just want to be a guy that wants to put on, uh, you know, hey, let's watch Lost, even if you've watched all the episodes, it's difficult. The DNA of the show was that it was challenging. It was difficult. It was, you know, intricate. It was a little confusing. I mean, it, mm. it, it was. I mean, as a fan of the show, I'm on board with what Christian and a lot of other people have said. Mm. It was a challenging show. Uh, yeah, I'm totally, not disagreeing because totally. I went through the same thing where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to watch Lost. But then something just kept me coming back. Yeah. So I was just trying to say that, you know, out of the four of us on the podcast or even, you know, two of us who were positive out of the four of us, three of the four dropped it at some point and had to physically get back to watch, force ourselves to watch it. I think that's, you know, is as good as the finale can be. It still doesn't mean, necess- you know. You know, yeah, there were still problems. I kept watching the show all through the like, – I, I kept watching it. I just – I know, I guess, because I'm stupid in my own friggin' stupid memory, those long gaps between seasons and then these recap shows and shit like that, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, you know what, I don't have the time for this recap shit. Why can't you just frickin' just kind of explain it to me as you do this next story, you know what I mean? I almost envy, and we talked about this, in, I think, in our last episode, people who can pick up Lost now and watch it from episode one, season one, all the way yes. through the finale, that is the way to watch the show. Because, you, yes. well, first of all, you don't have to last week on Lost. Uh, you don't have to put up with that. And secondly, it is a fantastic show if you can stick with it and not have the gaps that yeah. they suffered from. The gaps are the, probably the, the most the detrimental thing to that, that series altogether. You're right. I think it was designed almost to be watched on DVD, Blu-ray. I, I, that's actually a very good point. Yeah, so CT from Nerd Lunch, Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's actually a great point because I wonder... We'll never be able to get to, to know what this feels like, but to someone who would watch it on DVD, you know, is the is the story going to be kind of easy to follow? You know what I mean? Because I only just yesterday was, you know, I saw this, and so you know, I'm you know, I'm, I'm easier to it's easier to keep track of the details. It might be. It'd be interesting to hear what people have to well, say. That's for damn yeah. sure. Can't you get the DVDs? They only have like a little attachment that has like pop up video as you watch it. You know, boop. This is remember. Yeah, this we actually have <laughs> down here uh, down in my in my neck of the woods. They actually play that. On TV the week before they played it last week's episode, airing that the week before this oh, week. Oh yeah, I forgot they did that. Yeah, which which to me I always said I think I said this on the podcast. That's how confusing of a fucking show we have that they have to actually yeah. broadcast a pop up version of the fucking story. But I you know I can I, I can respect a show. I've got to respect a show that freaking pushes the boundaries like that because that only makes it all better in the future for future programs. It'll go that little extra mile to make it a bit more dense with content maybe i'm not totally happy with the storytelling but anything that makes it a bit more you know lush so to speak as far as storytelling goes is better christian that's a a great point because 
I think the way these people decided to execute this story was not for everybody. I think that's safe to say. And, you know, they made it complicated. You needed shows with pop-up fucking video in some cases to follow it. But I, 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 I do agree that you have to acknowledge that at least they were trying to do uh, – the, the, the way they went about this was very creative. And they made almost Easter egg-driven uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like sort of like – it's almost like web-related. It, it, the, the Lost needed to have a podcast – uh, a DVD series and a website support material in order for a show like that to exist because it was so convoluted. Do you know what I mean? It almost wouldn't have worked back in the 1980s because yeah. the show was designed for people to get around and talk and chat forums and all that shit. You know, I think that American television, or should I say North American television, just to say that, should take a cue from British television, whereas basically they're kind of like sometimes they're comedies or dramas. They're in, they're out. Like a couple of seasons, hard, you know, right with the story, intense storyline, da 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 da. Finish it off, and boom, they move on to the next type of show or type of series. I think that makes things finite. They can plan. They can make it the best they can with the time they have allowed and get out. Not that that's ever going to happen, but boy, I think things would be a lot better if it could be like that. Um, I'm. That's probably a discussion for another day because I am totally on the other side of that conversation. My biggest pet peeve is things on the BBC that only last three or four seasons that are amazing, and it breaks my heart that they don't continue. Um, As I I just said last week on the podcast, I like to sink my teeth into something that's like ten seasons long. But then, do you uh, do you agree with the fact that possibly that the series Lost suffered from the fact that it actually was extended for more than three seasons? Well, okay, but so to, to answer that question, you have to ask this question first, and that is, do you believe that when they started this show, they had this finale in mind? And I will tell you my answer before I go around the table, and that is no. I think this show had no fucking clue of where they were going to go. It was a show about a crazy island and a plane crash full of people telling it in an, in an interesting way, and that, you know, the... Uh, Three seasons in, whenever it is, they finally got their shit together, and I think they've done a great job of the last however many it was since then. Um, and so uh, I think you have to answer that question first. How do you answer I, that question, Christian? I don't think any of these television writers expected this uh, show to go six seasons. I don't think that they knew from the get-go that they, okay, here's your television cra- contract, start writing TV shows because you're going to be writing for six more seasons, so plan it out. I don't think they had that plan in their head at all, and I think they are basically – once they established a final like, timeline, then they just kind of like scramble together to kind of finish it off. That's what I think. And you know what? And I'll jump in here. I'm going to uh, agree with pretty much everything you guys are saying because I think it's absolutely impossible to say television writing is very different than script writing and writing a fucking book where you kind of go into it with a beginning, a middle, and an end. No one pitches a TV series like that. It, it just doesn't happen. But did they find out at some point and know and kind of worked backwards? Yes. And, uh, you know, I one of the things I loved about the finale was the symmetry to uh, to the beginning of the show. I oh, thought yeah. it was very powerful how the show ended the same way, it, in essence, it started with Jack kind of uh, going back to where he first let, woke up and dropped. He went to that same spot, lied down and died. And then the show ended with his eye closing and the show basically started with his eye opening. Mm-hmm. That was very 
clever and a nice a nice book end to the series. But the, you know they did that retroactively. They did that. Those writers crafted all of this stuff, probably in the to Downs's point in the last three seasons, and worked backwards. So I agree with you. I don't think they knew at the start when they were launching this series that this is how it's going to end. Andrew, uh, thoughts on that? I've got nothing different to say. There's no point in me waxing poetic about sure, the exact sure. same things that you guys said, but I, well, I so, agree with all of it. You know, the interesting thing is, so I think here is, here is how you would describe Lost. You know, uh, here's a show that came out as a phenom, you know, uh, came out like a fucking gangbusters. Um, weren't really sure what happened, suffered a little bit in the second and third season, I would say, uh, but then really hit its stride and ended off you know, as best it's could, as best, really, I mean, you know, like, we talked about the ending earlier, but I mean, let's just say, I mean, this is probably one of the best, I mean, can you even think of a, a better finale to a show that's been that popular off the top of your head? Anyone? No. Yeah, MASH, Newhart, um, cheers. Okay, anything, anything done since like 1990? I'm just, you asked the question, I answered. Yeah, sure. So, but I'm, I'm saying though, but I mean, we're talking since 1990. Like- no, but I can, I, I can pick out the actual season endings that resonate with me personally. That I think that were good, and I kept, took those off the top of my head. Right. And, is, and, 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 and is this going to be in that list or no? No, it's not. I'll remember it, but I won't mean like I like I said. I, it just doesn't ring true with me. You know what I mean? It's a, it seems like a nice little happy ending. We're all going to the light, blah blah blah. But I mean, it does not. It's more than just that, Christian. I'm just like listen, you I'm sit there and say, "We're going to, to the light." And, but no, I'm I'm listening. I've heard you say it. The point is, is is the entire show you have to watch and the entire thing. I I just I completely disagree with you on this one, okay. and it's a personal a personal opinion. So I can respect your opinion on it, but mm-hmm. my point is. Is that the whole season finale, the two and a half hours resonated perfectly with me because I loved seeing these old characters come back and I loved seeing them be awakened or, 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 or you know, enlightened or however you want to say it. Um, that, it, you know, it, I had me choked up at, at points. Like it was a good show. It, it was, was emotionally fun. very powerful at points. And you got to say, I mean, I know we mentioned this a little bit. The fucking showdown, the way they set up Jack and John on that cliff's edge was fucking epic. I mean, that shot they did of them in the rain on that cliff, that was pretty fucking cool as far as I'm concerned. The TV show definitely was cinematic uh, for sure. But, uh, sure. but I mean, but Christian, you know, obviously you're entitled to your opinion and you. No, of course I'm, I'm just saying you're asking me and I'm saying, hey, it resonated yeah. for you. Fucking great. Good. You know what? Like I'm saying it again, it did not for me. I don't know why. I'm glad you fucking got it. I didn't. There we go. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm just going around the table and asking everyone's opinion. I'm I know, but I get just something. I mean, anyway. Christian's so, so, so mad. No, I'm just very. I'm just saying. I, said, you know, I watch so, a lot of fucking TV. You know what I mean? For the, in my entire life, I want to watch, watch a lot of fucking TV. I watched this show, and at the end, I kind of just went, ah, okay, it seems nice. It's nice when everybody gets to bed there, and they're not fighting, and they're all happy, and they're in a big room smiling together. That's great. Fuck. You know, and they open the door, and they all smile, you know? Wonderful. I'm glad that happened. You know what I mean? It, it, I'm sorry. It just doesn't friggin' hit me in the chest and go, oh, my God, that was good. It did not do that for me. It's all right. All right. It's all right, Christian. You want a hug? <laughs> it's all right. Christ. 
Do you want to walk to the pitch. light with me right now? Does there, no, does... no, no, that's it. I'll wait for Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> and you are, you're, you're, you're a man, you're entitled to your opinion, you know. Mary um, Tyler Moore, there's another great season ending. <laughs> no, but I guess, no, no, but the reason why I was saying that, Christian, is because I'm saying that in comparison to, if you look at any of the shows that have come out, uh, the big shows that have ended in the last little while, Sopranos, I'll, I'll go back to, let's say, Dallas, when fucking Bobby wakes up and it's all a big dream, Buffy, that I That was like actually midway through that. the series. Uh, Jerry, Se- Jerry Seinfeld. I uh, like the Seinfeld finale. I Sorry. Not, uh, as I think, I think a lot of people. I say, Jenna. When and I'm not even saying, even with with even maybe our opinions aside, generally, I think a lot of people would have walked away from this, and from what, what I've heard about what people's Facebook status was, in terms of impact, it was pretty big to a lot of people that I know. Uh, a lot of people watched it. A lot of people cried, um, thought it was great, and. But didn't necessarily I, wa- I watched the season finale with a person, not my wife, that cried. You know what I mean? Granted, she's an emotional person altogether, but still, whatever. Oh, okay, I, I will tell you this. I'll admit to being choked up at a couple parts, but I'll tell you what. I guess what was supposed to be the most uh, significant part when Christian uh, Davidson, or whatever his name was, was there, um, Jack's dad. <laughs> it was so funny because it was like... Whatever his name is. Christian um, Shepherd gets it so Kirk, wrong. Christian you know, Davidson. You weren't even close. <laughs> Anyways, so Christian what, Shepherd yep. is going, you know, meeting his son, Jack, my wife, bawling her eyes out. And all I'm thinking is, I do not know what in the fuck this dude is saying. Like, he is talking about all, he's revealing the whole island stuff. Uh, and that, to me, that was the biggest point of my confusion i was I, I, I was just like i don't know and, and i was just like that, that like up to then like there was a couple points with Jin and son where i was emotionally i mean just i guess you know i, I find sometimes tv can pull it uh, your heartstrings you know what i mean and get me a little misty eyed yeah but, and, but I, I remember looking over at this wife bawling you know what i mean and i'm just going what in the fuck is this guy saying i thought that was quite funny but but along those same storylines what was the deal with saeed all of a sudden he comes out and defends what's her head from being beaten up, I guess, by her brother or something. Is that what it was? was? But anyway, so him, her, her, him and Hoochie, Blondie Makuchi, you know, get their freaking like touching moment and all that shit. So what has been Blondie been doing the entire time in this this in this freaking off time stream? Has she been like drinking herself silly in bars and hitting on guys and getting in fights? And what happened to Saeed's wife? Like, what doesn't he give a shit about her? But Nadia was with her in this, you know. I mean, let's not keep going into it. But I, mean, I know, I'm sorry. I like the sideways up. universe, she was with his brother, but she wasn't one of the connection points. She was the what the island. We didn't see what fucking Shannon was up to, but Shannon and him had a relationship on the island, so they yeah. triggered well, she was one a, another. She was a special piece of ass. Yes, I guess. she was. Well, no, no, and no, but and again, specifically, I would I would argue that. That is when Saeed had true happiness was when it was with Shannon on the island, right? And that's why they... <laughs> but not the wife he was searching for all over the planet back off when he was off the island. Anyway, yeah, I'm well, sorry. Yeah, who, who, who in the meantime was fucking his brother, so you know what? In the, t- in, in the alternate time stream, whatever the fuck that was. Anyway. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, okay, so let me let me ask you this, though, because we we're, again, talking a little bit about you know the legacy of loss, but, and, and I, I get how he would classify it. What do you think... And DJ talked to this, I think, a little bit about, like, what do you think now, what do you think other people are going to take away from and, and kind of take away from Lost and put into TV shows? Like, do you think, you know what I mean? Like, what do you think is going to be ripped off now from TV shows? Anyone got any ideas or? 
I don't know. It could hopefully open the doors for more creative storytelling. I'm not going to deny this was creative storytelling. It just wasn't as focused as I thought it would like it to be. I, I agree with Christian. I think pushing the boundaries on narrative is probably what will be the biggest influence of Lost. I think the other thing that I think, uh, you know, whether whether it was through the flashbacks, flash forwards, I think that flashback tool will be used. But the other thing that I think was very clever what they did, which they broke a lot of sort of uh, – stereotypes of, 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 and cliches of television is that, you know, you, you never kill your main cast characters. You knew, you know, if you're watching fucking, uh, you know, TJ hooker, that Adrian Zemed isn't fucking going to die. Cause he's in the opening credits. They, they shocked people by whacking people like Charlie by taking out echo and all them, like people were established. They, any, no one was safe. So I think this, this ensemble cast and being able to go against the grain as the way that normal television worked and saying, yeah, man, pretty much anybody can die on this. Uh, and the story is just going to keep evolving. Those things I think you're going to see like in shows like V and whatnot are going to pick up on that type of storytelling uh, and maybe even utilizing that. Yeah, you think this is the main cast, but Buddy could die. Yeah, and it's interesting. Sorry, I was just taking a drink of my beer there. Um, it, you know, it's, it definitely feels like that's something kind of like uh, comic book esque. You know, like the whole idea of you know alternate realities that any any character who's dead can come back. Yeah. You know, and and that you know someone who who's who's here today could be gone tomorrow, could come back, and you know, like uh, you know, Hurley was talking to you know all kinds of dead characters who were who influenced the story ultimately. So um, you know, I, I think that's a great point. I think that the whole idea of in terms of a, a, typical, a typical story uh, or a, maybe a drama or something that's a little bit out there, I think that you know you could you could have someone who's a dead who dies, but then could still be a reoccurring character in the TV star in the in the show. Yeah. Okay, uh, so just kind of uh, wrapping up maybe on The Lost, uh, maybe to some positive things away from the <laughs> negative. Um, you know, just um, thinking about Lost, uh, you know, I just, what do you think was – what was your favorite thing or what was your favorite character? Um, let's just talk about uh, or some, something, something you liked about Lost that was like a nice thing that you, that you liked that was, that was different. Uh, Christian, Mr. Negative, what did you like? Is there anything that you liked uh, about uh, Lost? I liked I liked the show very much. That very first episode, okay, and I'll just say that very first episode freaking sold the shit out of this show for me. Locking out of his wheelchair, you know, people kind of collecting their shit. This whole noise in the jungle, smoke monster, and all this shit. I said to myself, okay, here they are. There's this group of obviously eclectic people, all with their own different fucking stories, and there's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered. And no offense. I'm looking forward to these questions being answered and finding out what the mystery is behind them and the island. And that initial episode and, and some of the episodes that led up that way was one of the greatest things I've ever seen on television. It was a great first episode, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Even first season, I remember, like, because it was so unlike anything else out there, right? It was like... This thing's coming on, and the, pre the previews you had, you, you saw, and it was like, this week on Lost. It's like, be crazy. I, I, have, I caught that without even seeing any previews. I watched that with my wife. We're sitting there and going, and after that show was over, I said, okay, there's no way in fucking hell that I'm not watching this show. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, what about you? What was your favorite part of Lost? You know, I, I, I don't want to say camaraderie, like, and I don't mean with the characters, but this is the ultimate water cooler show when it first came out. 
you, everybody was talking about it. And I thought it was really neat because you would talk to your friends about it and people would theorize about what they thought it was about. And, and I, I really enjoyed that, that part of it. I loved so many of the characters on it. And, you know, one thing that this show had that a lot of shows miss out on, these were emotionally charged, uh, episodes. Like you got involved and felt part of this cast, maybe not part of the cast, but you felt involved with the cast and cared about what happened to them. And, and one scene that I'm going to go back to that was probably one of my favorite, not Charlie's death, but Charlie's almost death. If you can remember when he, Ethan hung him from the tree. Hmm. Yes. Emotionally charged episode. I don't remember what else was in it, but that was like, you're just watching that and you're thinking, wow, like I'm watching a show. It's like tar- tugging at your heartstrings, like a, 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 like a movie or something, you know, in real life might do. And that is, is what I have to say is, you know, the, some of the biggest things about loss for me. Michael? Um, I, I'm going to agree with Christian on one thing. I do, I do think that first episode was fucking dynamite. J.J. Abrams directed that one, and it was like a movie. And Andrew touched on that as well. The cinematic quality of the series overall uh, was phenomenal. I, the music in this fucking uh, uh, in this show was awesome. I mean, that will is iconic. You know, this, this, the creepy whooshing sound, the just the, the very unique sound of, uh, that, that Michael Giacconi, I think, is the, is the composer that did this. I had a, we, a couple of our fans, uh, Tired Canadian and CT, actually, when they knew we were doing a show about this, demanded that someone mention the music, but, you know, I was going to anyways. But, you know, when I think of characters and moments, I, I loved, uh, I like all the characters, but I love Locke. And I loved uh, Desmond, but you know Andrew touched on it. But I got to say, my one of the, the the most pivotal moments for me that I remember with Lost was the I believe it was the season three finale with Charlie's death uh, when they were in that underground water, uh, like uh, where they were trying to uh, basically shut something off so they could get a radio beacon out. Oh, yeah. And when Charlie swam up and uh, basically was about to drown and put his hand on the glass and said. Not and had written not Penny's boat. That yeah. that fucking episode was so powerful, but also it was it advanced storylines, left you on a crazy cliffhanger. But it had the it literally had the production values of a fucking movie. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, this this show looked like a film on a, on a weekly basis, and. Uh, you're right. The music was awesome. You know, for me, uh, characters are, are awesome. And I don't think I love Locke, love Charlie. Great to see them. You know, I, I love seeing them back on the show. I mentioned earlier how great it was to see the real Locke, you know, the, the, you know, the, the kind of rebel Locke, you know what I mean? Not the real bad guy Locke, but just the kind of breaking the rules Locke. Uh, but you know, I got to mention Hurley. I think, uh, yeah. in terms, in terms of great characters on a, on a TV show, um, this guy was someone, you know, in, uh, I would, I would, I, in terms, I, in, talk about the universe thing I mentioned earlier. I would love to see hopefully some fan fiction with this guy. I, there would I'll probably never be a spinoff, but that character was awesome. And it was a nice touch that they left it. Cause I know I, we touched on this way back when, where it was an obvious choice that Jack would be made, uh, Jacob. I thought it was a nice touch when they had Jack right at the end hand off the, the you know the island basically to Hurley, and you can only dream of what the fuck would that would have happened on the island when Hurley was in charge. So I thought that was a really uh, a cool little moment. 
And, and amazing uh, character development with Hurley too. Yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, that's a great point, Mike, about in terms of what would have happened, you know what I mean? Because you talked about earlier about the rules, you know, and how Hurley was like, I'm going to do things a little differently, but he had been there. I mean, it was, uh, there's so many things we haven't even touched on, you know, we've already been talking for a while yet, you know, but just, you know, him like, uh, you know, will you help me? You know, and it's like, finally, Ben gets what he's always wanted. All he wanted was to be in, you know, to have control, help have control of the island, you know what I mean? And, And, you know, and it's, Finally, you know, Hurley's asking him, and that's, that's all you had to do to the guy, you know what I mean? And, and then you'd, you'd have that loyalty and that the brain at your side. Yeah, no, it was cool. Uh, okay, so uh, we're probably going to have to cut it off there. You know, uh, why don't we go around, I guess, maybe, maybe we'll go f- one more final thought on Lost before we move on to Atomic Picks, just because there's so many things we haven't touched on. Um, final thoughts on Lost, I guess. You know, anything you want to say, we'll go uh, around the table. DJ Vanny first. You know, I completely understand someone like, uh, you know, Christian's opinion that this show has been complicated. And I get that. And that was one of the things just for me personally. I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed uh, it was a big point of conversation at my work uh, with my wife, uh, some with some of my other friends. So I liked kind of really dissecting it and trying to figure out the theories of it. So I that was something I appreciated about it. I think some of the acting on this show was fucking incredible. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to miss the show. And I think, it. you know, because I, I just thought it was fantastic storytelling, completely unique. And, uh, you know, I anticipate uh, to see programming that will, you know, learn some of the lessons, some of the good lessons that Lost uh, is provided. All right, Andrew Bloom. Uh, I guess just simply, I just want to almost say thank you to season six because it reminded me of how much I loved the first season and why I really, really loved the show. Uh, I'll miss it. I'll miss the characters, and uh, I'm glad to be a part of it or, you know, to be there to watch it. I was in the background. <laughs> I said be a part of it, whatever. I uh, wrote it. <laughs> Christian Nielsen. Uh, there's a lot of things I do appreciate this show, particularly the character development. If there's anything that made this show interesting to me personally, it was the richness of the characters and their backstories. Um, the storyline, I can give or take in certain uh, portions of the various seasons. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad it's over. Uh, I'm not going to watch it again. I can appreciate it for what it was, but I'm looking forward to moving on to something bigger and better. All right, and you know, for my bit, you know, I'll probably echo pretty much a lot of what everyone said. Uh, I think that uh, you know this was a phenom when it happened. I think that uh, ultimately, Lost will probably be better to have watched while it was something as a phenom. I don't think it's going to necessarily hold up on DVD. Maybe it will, um, but I think part of the thing of watching Lost, as we've talked about. Some of it was that was the uh, the the event of watching it, what was coming. Some of it was talking about it, and so I, I'm not sure if you know if you're watching it on DVD, if that's going to really be captured, if it's just going to seem like maybe a a funky, cool sci-fi island drama. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it, it had some great acting, some great visuals, some great music. It was, in fact, uh, you know, one of the one of the great things that TV can do very well once in a while is do something a little bit different. Uh, you know, for my part, I was definitely in the middle of the, or, or 
early on in the second season, I guess, third season, you know, got in a argument with a buddy of mine at his wedding night uh, out on the balcony uh, about this show. Um, you know, so I, I've been pretty vocal about how bad it was, but I, I'm glad I stuck with it ultimately because I think it was something different. Glad I, I watched it all. If if I was talking to someone like my father-in-law, I would tell him, you know, to try and go back and at least catch up some way, somewhere around the middle of the third or fourth season and, and to watch it out because I think that it's uh, it's kind of worth it. Uh, I don't think I'll watch it again, and, uh, you know, I don't necessarily need to find to know about Ascending and on all that bullshit, but I'd like to know what happened with Hurley. <laughs> uh, all righty. Holy cow. Uh, there was a lot of stuff to talk about last There's Tons of things we still we didn't even get into. You know, that I still have notes of questions I wanted to ask, so... Uh, Maybe in 20 years we'll have a retrospective on Lost and see how it impacted the television audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're doing it on our podcast trometers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to our... Atomic Picks. Okay, so first up, we actually had something different uh, for our Atomic Picks. So, uh, uh, Mike, why don't you tell us about what, uh, what, what we're going to do differently this week? Well, to start off, uh, you know, we had uh, we're going to do something a little different. A few of us are going uh, to give our thoughts on a new comic book. Uh, Anthony Del Cole, the co-creator of the comic book Kill Shakespeare from IDW Publishing, reached out to us and wanted us to take a look at the first two issues of his new comic book series. So myself, Christian and Andrew have all read them. So here are our thoughts. Uh, I'll start quickly. Uh, you know, a pretty clever little premise to this uh, Kill Shakespeare. It's not quite unlike Fables. Uh, basically, what the uh, the premise of this comic book is, uh, it brings together all of the William Shakespeare's characters, like, you know, Hamlet and, and who, whatnot, into a shared universe. Uh, and basically, they are, uh, you know, they have to set out to kill an evil sorcerer who goes by the name of... William Shakespeare. That's the really top, quick top line. But this, like I say, there is some, you can draw some comparisons to the bo- the comic book that we've mentioned a lot of times on this show, Fables, because uh, obviously this is taking famous literary characters and casting them in sort of a new world. I've got to say, though, for me personally, the, uh, you know, my, I have, I'm not so up to date on my Shakespeare. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I had to refer to my grade 10 English book. Because uh, so a lot of the characters, I was a little confused because they don't they're not quite as top of mind for me. Uh, and I did think a little bit that the idea of an evil, uh, you know, sorcerer being called William Shakespeare on the surface seemed a little contrived. But I have to say uh, the book, uh, you know, as I've after I've finished issue two is setting up a, a pretty unique little world. The characters are well defined and, uh, you know, the story itself uh, you know, Hamlet on his mission, uh, you know, under King Richard uh, is is kind of clever. The artwork is, uh, you know, reminds me a little bit of uh, Tony Akins from uh, Jack of Fables. It's it's a little more it's quite detailed and it's a little uh, more cartoony than I expected, but it's pretty strong stuff. Uh, so if you're if you're like Fables and or if you're a fan of Shakespeare and like to see it kind of turned on its head, uh, you might want to check out the book Kill Shakespeare. What do you guys think? Now, Deidre, I, I'm going to agree to, uh, with you for the most part. I, I had a bit of a tough time getting into this, and now it could have been just the fact that wh- when I read it, I just got out of the dentist and my face was hurting. But it was a bit slow, and 
uh, going, but I, I really enjoyed the art. And then once it kind of clicked with me, and maybe it's the fact that it is Shakespeare characters, and you're trying to think of where they should be and what they should be doing, and if you can even remember them. But once it kind of clicks and, and, and the story starts, uh, you know, hopping along, it kind of got its hooks into me, and, and I found myself very interested to move to the next page and and, and to get on. I don't know. Um, for me, I read it in a PDF format, which was sent to us. I think it would be way better to, to, to be able to hold the page in my hand and read it. Um, the, the long story short, I think I would probably check out uh, issue number three and uh, like Downs' rule of the first three episodes to see what I thought after that one because I think it definitely shows some promise. Uh, I read I read the first issue and immediately I, I the first thing I said to myself was, boy oh boy I wish I had paid more attention in high school English. So That's I thought, <laughs> you know I mean honestly I think that for that first issue it really would have kind of helped me to know who were the bad guys and who were the good guys you know because I don't have a really good strong recollection of Hamlet if at all. Um, and Richard III, I didn't know he was a villain either. But as you read through that first issue, you realize, okay, this guy is kind of diabolical. And by the second issue, I kind of basically said to myself, try not to think too much about the Shakespeare and try to just ga- garner the actual nature of the characters from what you're reading itself. And then it kind of made a, made a, made a, a bit more sense to me. Yeah. And once yeah, it, it got near the end, that became more clear to me. And then it was like, okay, this is a lot more interesting but uh the one thing that i can't get out of my head as 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 hamlet has been charged to kill william shakespeare for whatever reason to get his father to come back to life it it totally reminds me of those friggin uh warner brothers cartoons where daffy duck is on like the page and he's being he's like a slave to the the artist at the time you know (laughs) you know being drawn with like a friggin like uh, four legs and a big flower head and all that kind of shit and it eventually turns out to be bugs bunny that's what it kind of a little bit reminds me of basically hamlet is sent out to kill bugs bunny so he doesn't fuck up his shit anymore but don't get me wrong after issue two, it kind of like it got a lot more interesting, and I'm more really concerned now what Iago is going to do now, and who the hell is like carted off with Hamlet. Yeah, you know that's what I felt too. I, I thought issue two for me worked a lot better than issue one. I thought I, I felt the, the the universe and the story, the overall story, kicked in. I thought I, I I was a bit overwhelmed, like you were, Christian, in the first issue where I was like. Wow, I really don't know Shakespeare like very much because I, I these characters uh, and the reason I compared it to fables in the sense is that it's very easy to recognize you know uh, Snow White and Pinocchio versus some of the the characters brought to life in Shakespeare and you know maybe excuse my ignorance I, I they just didn't jump to mind quite as easy but i think you're right issue 2 the story that the, about this particular comic kicks in and you kind of let go of those the source material if you will so uh moving on to uh the rest of our individual picks let's start off with uh you michael de giovanni uh two quick little picks here uh you know we talked about finales uh you know for with the lost finale series finale but i got uh, i got to make a quick comment on a season finale uh, Fringe season two finale. Holy shnikes. Fucking great stuff. Uh, oh. 
Another uh, one of J.J. Abrams series, a lot less convoluted and a little bit more linear. So uh, don't get scared if you're one of those lost people and think, oh, shit, more of that. Definitely not the case. But smart TV, fucking dynamite stuff, great hook at the end. If you haven't watched Fringe, definitely uh, pick up the DVDs and get on board for season three. Uh, and the other th- uh, the other atomic pick for me is I had a chance to see MacGruber, the, oh. uh, the movie about. Uh, are you all right over there, Christian? Are you passing? No, ah, I like up. Fringe, and I want to see MacGruber. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ah, <laughs> the, uh, picks, big. I'm, I'm not talking through them. Okay, I'm reacting to them. No. Oh, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. This isn't us talking now at all. <laughs> <laughs> not not at all. Not in the least. I'm not using words at all. These are all phonetic sounds strung together to sound like words. So I saw MacGruber, and, you know, I've got to say, I, uh, it didn't fare so well on the weekend box office, which is a bit of a shame. This is a pretty fun fucking crude movie, and if you're a fan of ni- uh, late 80s, early 90 action movies, you gots to watch this movie. Uh, Will Forte uh, and his writing team uh, definitely have cooked up a, a, a pretty funny fucking script here, and like I mentioned, crude at points. Very crude, uh, but it really works. I, uh, this is definitely very funny stuff. Uh, Val Kilmer is a nice return to form in the comedy world uh, as the villain uh, in uh, this movie. I, all in all, I, I thought this was pretty fucking good stuff. I'm an SNL fan, but you do not have to be that to enjoy this. It, go to the theater to see it or at least see it on DVD, which I think the majority of people are going to do. Very fucking funny shit. Check out MacGruber. Andrew Bloom. Uh, I'm going to second what DJ's saying. I also saw MacGruber. Christian. Oh, 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 oh the boy, <laughs> MacGruber. Uh, I'm not going to get into it because DJ just went through it, but uh, very funny, very crude. You do not have to be a Saturday Night Live fan to enjoy it because I don't generally watch Saturday Night Live, and this was funny. Unlike my next atomic pick or should i say atomic pan i had the unfortunate experience of watching robin hood i wanted to gouge my eyes out while watching this movie um i had i didn't really have high hopes for it but then kind of looking going well russell crowe and uh what's his face ridley scott there should be something good in this but the trailers didn't look awesome there's nothing good stay away from this movie don't waste your time don't go I think I can, uh, I think that's pretty, pretty straightforward. And my last one, I don't normally have three, but as Downs hates, I'm going to say I had a trifecta of atomic picks this week. Oh. Ooh. Um, we all got together, made a posse last week on Red Dead Redemption. That was a hoot. I had a great time playing it. Uh, I'm enjoying the single player. It is a massive, massive world to run around in, which sometimes gets a bit annoying because you got to ride a horse and it takes a long time. But uh, if you have a PS3 or an Xbox, uh, definitely pick it up and try it out. Christian Nielsen. Uh, yeah, I would like to get further on as I play this game more. I will give my opinions on this Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption because let me tell you, I haven't got to able to play this game enough. But that multiplayer on Friday was a heck of a lot of fun. And I look forward to doing that more often. Uh, but more importantly, uh, I was uh, had the fantastic opportunity uh, to travel to the city of Toronto and see uh, Conan O'Brien's uh, magic fun time uh, comedy presentation. Uh, and needless to say, 
uh, I enjoyed myself quite a bit. Uh, if you guys have any questions, please ask me as I wax poetic about this show. Uh, this show was opened by Reggie Watts, who's basically kind of your typical comedian, but then does a lot of kind of like uh, uh, music machine beatbox stuff. And it was actually quite entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed that very much. But, I mean, the show itself, a uh, lot of video bits, you know, Conan O'Brien. Um, again, spoilers, if you have tickets to see this show and you don't want to hear what's going on, I'm going to tell you. Uh, a lot of video bits, a lot of uh, appearances by uh, your Conan O'Brien show friggin' favorites, as in Andy Richter was there, standing ovation when he came out. Boy, was I thrilled to see him. Uh, video, uh, videotape of in, uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Uh, the entire band was there. La Bamba was there. They opened the show with a musical number. Uh, there's a lot of little funny bits between Andy, uh, the, uh, Andy and uh, Conan as they did the... Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger bits and things like that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Conan interluded some of his comedy bits with music, as in he played guitar and they sang songs and things like that. Not my most favorite part. I mean, honestly, I like to see Conan O'Brien interview people and do his crazy comedy sketches and shit like that. I don't want to see him sing. I knew that was going to happen, but, I mean, while he was doing his numbers, I'm going like, okay, I wonder what funny shit they're going to do next. Regardless, uh, hilarious show. Uh, I look forward to his time on TBS. And it was a, a privilege to see this kind of interlude uh, between two uh, you know, epic shows that he's on, been working on. Okay, so just, just a, a question since you said we could. And, yes. Um, was there was there was there more skits than than say like an average Conan O'Brien show, or was like just was the extra stuff just him wailing on the guitar? Yeah, I mean, it was it was probably about forty percent him of him playing music and stuff. Not that it was bad. I mean, it's just it's just I'm not used to seeing him like you know do the singy singy and the friggin' jumpy jumpy so to speak. But I mean, so it's interesting enough. It sounds like the Conan O'Brien show on the road with some musical inter uh, accompaniment show. That's essentially it. Yes, that's exactly it. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love I love the guy, but I mean, that's just I, I didn't expect it to be that. I thought it was a little bit more of an actual stand-up routine, but okay. No, because he's a big fan of the rockabilly music, and he actually is a big fan of music. And he, he, you know, he says his dream is that if he didn't have the show, he would be on tour, touring with a band, doing music and stuff like that. So I guess he thought saw this as his probably one opportunity to do that kind of stuff, and he did. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Thanks, Christian. Mm. Okay, so uh, you know, uh, quickly, I'll get through a uh, a uh, fuck. The only word I can think of is fucking trifecta. So I'm gonna have to use that uh, trifecta <laughs> of uh, atomic picks. First up is an echo uh, and a second of Andrew's pick on the uh, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, looking forward to another Friday night. In fact, if you're a listener out there and you have a PS3 or a uh, Xbox 360, we sit around and, and and do the same thing we're doing right now, just on the PS3 and ride around and. Drink beer and shoot up fucking stagecoaches or shoot each other in the face if you're yeah, right. down shoots me in the face. <laughs> so uh, join us. Yeah, yeah. And Andrew steals stagecoaches. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, join us. Uh, next up was uh, the Fringe. Holy cow! So I was about three episodes behind, and I cut up on those uh, today. Uh, now that I haven't been so busy with work, and it was like a one-two punch. Then with like an uppercut to the to the gut, almost knocked the wind out of me. This show was so good. So uh, good. Uh, you, you talk about alternate realities and and the problems that Lost may have had. You have none of that with Fringe. It is done 
so well. Um, I was talking to a friend today, uh, the Yancey man, about how he actually dropped in the beginning. He didn't like it, but he's not really a, a big fan of this. But I, uh, or the X Files. But I said, boy, you really gotta if you if you're into this type of thing, you gotta get into it and stick with it because it goes it goes crazy with the alternate realities. And and I, I loved uh, just seeing the uh, the whole other Fringe division was fucking awesome. So uh, great. Great show and great to only be two seasons in. And goddamn, is John Noble not the, one of the best actors on television right now? Um, and then, so my real uh, pick, in fact, is for a little TV show called Castle, which I happen to check out with uh, my man Nathan Fillion. Holy shit, is this show pretty good? Another show that's only, I think, maybe it's in the third season now. Uh, I got a hold of this show, uh, the first season. Uh, another beauty show where it's only like a half an hour or 40 minutes. Maybe it's like uh, TBS or something like that, whatever the fuck it is. But uh, I plowed through it. Uh, so funny. Kind of similar to Californication, if you think it, because he's a writer. But not as kind of edgy and so much with the sex. I mean, he still you know, has definitely no problem. But he's, uh, he's also a single dad, but he's a little bit uh, better of a single dad than hank moody is that's for sure and uh you know he and it's more about him teaming up with this cop and uh you know uh, fun not necessarily family but you know kind of you're almost going back to maybe an 80s or 90s style of uh you know uh cop drama or team up partner if you know like heart and heart like we kind of mentioned earlier so uh and nathan Fillion is just fucking great in this show uh, i meant to tweet at his act actually and say something about that because he's really good really funny really good at playing kind of this uh spoiled brat rich kid who's a who's an author and uh it's really a great show so if you thought about picking that up mike downs says you should all right, I think that's going to pretty much wrap up. What is that, 67 of the Atomic Geeks podcast? What is in store for episode 68? You might be asking yourself as you finish up your beer or put down your joint. Andrew Bloom, what's up for next week? I'm hosting next week's episode, and the Atomic Geeks are going to have their own movie studio. All right, thanks, Andrew. Looking forward to that. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, this week was a pretty big week at the Atomic Geeks. We're naming kitties, and we had two reviews on iTunes. One hooray. was on the, uh, hooray, yay! Cream your jeans, cream your jeans. One was on the U.S. website from our man, Coslocks. So thanks for giving us the, uh, U.S., uh, greenback love, brother. And, uh, also Mitch C.S., uh, was, uh, you know, adding to the army of reviews on the Canadian side, because obviously we, there's way more on the Canadian website. Um, but so, you know, thanks to both you guys, uh, you know, and hey, so we're, 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 now we're at an even pace, so now we're going to actually keep score week to week to see who's up, Americans or Canadians. So uh, if you have an iTunes account and you listen to the Atomic Geeks through iTunes, why not head over there and give us a review? It only takes a second. Um like I said, that's it for this week. If you want to hang out, talk to the Atomic Geeks. Theatomicgeeks.com is always a, uh, a place to do that. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Facebook. You can uh, email us. You can send us the Telegraph. You can uh, write us a letter. There are any number of ways to get in touch with Atomic Geeks. Um, I think that is officially it. I have to pee. Go to bed. just listen to another episode of the atomic geeks visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. production by andrew bloom title track by don't look down 